people, episode five, I believe, of the ASU Wembley podcast. Um, someone who I, I regard as a, a little brother, a younger brother now, because he's big, getting bigger in size now anyway. But <laughs> yeah, bro, someone that um, i got a lot of respect for. I've had the pleasure of seeing him grow from his late teens up until now. I remember a, a few years a few years ago, we're talking a few years, about 10 years ago now, uh, my dad started this um, community project um, called the Corner League. It was a football league by, by which... Um, various estates in the local area came together and played on a weekly basis and then a few years after I took over the league but prior to me taking over I remember my dad speaking to me and he was like yo he was like Dej like there's this youth fam I like him you know and I was like why and he's like I don't know like there's just something about him the way he just carries himself he carries himself proper and I was like okay all right so fast forward now and I've taken over the league now, bearing in mind I've got this perception of this, like my dad's opinion of this guy in my head. So all right, cool. Seeing the shoot now, I'm seeing how he's carrying on on the pitch and I'm seeing how he's, he's bossing the pitch and how he's instructing other men. And I'm like, rah. Then we get to have a little conversation after and I'm like, okay, I check for the shoot now. He probably won't remember this, but I remember, <laughs> I remember this particular game. I remember this particular game, um, because he was the captain of the centre-half team. He must have, I don't know, Dave must have got bad up that game and he was vexed after, vexed. And I remember he was walking and he was like, T, I respect what you're doing you now, but it's just not the same, fam. It's just not the same. And then after, we started talking about, about leadership and how being a player is different to, to leading the team and all that stuff. And then from then, fam, we've just built a relationship where I've seen him grow from strength to strength, um, become a leader outside of the pitch. Um, in more ways than one and it's, it's a it's a, a young man I'm, I'm very very proud to just see grow in various aspects in life we got the the founder of finishing touch coaching we got Rihanna in the building well go on my brother love my man love for that you ain't got to big me up too too much you know, come on nah, 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 <laughs> fam. I, got, I got a big you up fam because the growth is is it's, imp- it's important for man to acknowledge that fam. Nah, well, I appreciate that I appreciate that man nothing man all good everything's good yeah how's life been for you recently bro um everything's alright you know I've picked up obviously with the pandemic and whatnot coaching mm. was slow and then picked back up a bit I've managed to get time to sort myself out and whatnot so it was a bit of it was needed in a way you know like to just reflect go back and obviously just um strategically move different Cause I think when you when everything's going on and whatnot you sort of lose track so I had to catch back up with family and just little small things like that that are important to me you know so yeah, can't really complain, I'll be honest. I hear you, bro, I hear you. We're going to go through a few things talking today, um, but I want to start with just, a, again, I like to give people a bit of history about who you are and where you're growing up and stuff. Um, you're very similar to me in many ways in terms of when I was your age and younger, in terms of people just knowing you as the football kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, tell me a bit about your experiences because it's, even though we're not far in age, it's a good few years in between us, but your experiences growing up in Northwest is going to be different to mine just because we're from different generations. Yeah. So what was your experiences like growing up in Northwest? Where are you from? And then what was your um, experiences like? First of all, most named Riano, um, St. Raff's Estate. Um, I'd say we start from from young mm. football for me was was everything I had an older brother that more or less had to bring me football you know like mum's doing this now take a look around yeah, yeah, yeah. so I just got in love with football from there I think I was going everywhere playing football with him even if I was just on the side I was on the side of a football so I just fell in love with football from young and then I don't know I don't know or don't remember specifically how I got into AFC Wembley, but I got into it 
it went Wembley, AFC Wembley back then. It was Wembley FC, Wembley FC Sudbury. Yeah, 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 so it was Wembley FC um, before it was AFC Wembley, of course. But playing for Wembley FC, um, obviously week in, week out playing and then turned into AFC Wembley, obviously made the transition. Mm. And I think I've probably been in there. I think my first AFC Wembley shirt... I think I've still got my house number seven. Uh, you're one, swear, you're one prob- of them ones. You see that if I, you see if I get my, I'm gonna show you the shirt. I've got my shirt. I've, I never gave the shirt back. I don't know why, and I don't think they asked back for the shirt. But I've always kept the shirt. Yeah. It's my first, first ever kit number seven. I remember the yellow and the green coming yeah, down yeah, the yeah, sleeves. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, like number seven was my number. I thought, yeah, this is me. So, um, played up the years, played up the years. I think it got to. Will it get to was it under did it become I think it became under eighteens and then it moved over to where we are now, um, over by Preston Road. So was playing and then growing I say growing up growing up those years, it was that's the, the influence of social media kicked in. Just around that time. So I'd say just before that, I'd say probably about 13, 14, so we had Facebook and mm. we had MySpace and all of that. So I think it was a way of engaging with like other people or whatnot, trying to get on yeah, social yeah, yeah, media yeah, yeah. and all of that, just those little things. Um, and then come to, yeah, come to AFC Wembley, it broke, I think it broke off from that age and I think it was going to, I think it was going to like 28, 21s and mm. then first team, I believe. And that was kind of the age when I thought, like, I've got to make something like happen out of football. So prior to that, because obviously you've grown up in an era that's just before social media. Yeah. What was your what's your earliest memories in regards to like just what inspired you apart from your brother, but like from a, a TV standpoint or just around you? Like, what was your some of your early inspirations in football? Um, from early. So you mentioned obviously football, United fan. So obviously I was just watching football. That was that Bo- was Bo- a, a big part of me playing football. Ronaldo was yeah. in, doing his thing at that point, Rooney and so on. But um, I think in terms of in terms of AFC Wembley itself, I'd say that obviously we had Coach Raul. I think mm. we had Coach Michael after your dad was always like in and around. Mm, mm, mm. So for me, he was like, if I'll be honest, and this ain't because we're on camera, I think like for me, he was like the first coach I saw that was like cool. Like it's cool to be a coach or it's cool to, not to say anyone else before that weren't cool, but he was just more than a coach, like a people's person, like a, like a father in some ways. And I'd always like, because I think he'd done the year above, so I'd always want to train with his age after. He always <laughs> let me come in. I was small, yeah. it didn't matter, but he would always allow me to come in and train after. Cause I think we we must have done like 12, 10 to 12, and then it must have been like 12 to 1 or whatever. But his session would always be starting when mine was finishing. Mm. So I'd always want to play. That was just me. Always, even if I was tired, mm. I'd, I'd come run to Trevor. I'd be like, Trevor, Trevor, can I join? Can I join? He'd be like, yeah, 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 just go on, go on. So I think he... He, he in his own way and I don't think he even knew how much it was an impact to me yeah. but like I said for me it was wanting to play football so much and so on so with 
with that being said, it was just me just going on through the years with football, mm. literally just playing, playing. Even if I was in St. Raph's playing, I was playing with my brother and his friends. So mm. there, there was no, he's too big or he's too, like, it was just me. I just wanted to play. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Eventually I'd get to grasses. Oh, I can't really go against him. Yeah, or, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. for me, it was just running around and just kicking a ball. I think you've, you probably, one of the last generations that I've seen of having a proper old soul in terms of, um, knowing that you're, you're you're halfway decent at minimum at football, but yeah. always wanted to play with older people and yeah, like, yeah. just like, just trying to rough man, older man <laughs> up and all that stuff. But um, we, we, growing up where we grew up, we use obviously use football as a, as sometimes a form of escapism because yeah. the reality that we face outside of football ain't great. Um, what was, what was life growing up in, like in Rasview? Um, For me, I was, I was so oblivious to the sort of, gangs and mm. this and that because there wasn't really any dramas when I was growing up through the estate that I could remember mm. do you know what I mean so there's two sides there's two sides to Raf so there's obviously up top where like Ikea is and down the bottom where the shops are yeah. so we was so mm. we were solely up top so that was just us we had a big field we had a big field and literally we were just playing football 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 and Obviously, as you get older, you start to realise, all right, my estate, not like that estate yeah, yeah, and yeah. this, that and whatnot. But why I ask you that is because as you as you get older, you become privy to the hood politics. Yeah. You were still going Pavilion in Stonebridge. 100%. Still going to Arkin Wembley and all that 100%. stuff or Arkin Wembley Park. Like, you were just still about, like, what was in your mindset to say, all right, cool, I'm just a football guy. Like, how, like what contributed to you carrying yourself the way that you carried yourself to say, like, that's going on over there, but I'm me and this is what I'm on? I'd say, what... It's sort of funny to say it, but I'd say the fact that I was good maybe gave a bligh. <laughs> so obviously, like, I was going to... You can imagine, if you were dead out of board, <laughs> it would be a different story. But where where I think I believe and other people believe that I was good at ball and I, I had, like... I was a bit distinctive, like, I was very small. Mm. So, like, it was, it's like... I don't know if they would look at me and think, nah, like, don't trouble him. But I think I didn't carry any sort of vibes of... I'm I'm from that estate. You can't trouble me, or I'll call him. There was nothing like that for mm. me. It was solely football. Mm. Like when I started realizing that there was tension between two estates, I was already so deep in playing football in that, in that other state. estate. Do you know what I mean? So it was nothing. <laughs> it wasn't anything to me. Yeah, there was a couple of hiccups. People would ask like, "Where are you from? Where are you?" But I'd never I'd never deny it because I'd I'd never been or never felt like I've been caught up to pick sides or that oh, now I'm, I'm, I'm at a point where I can't go back to that estate mm. because they feel away. Like I never I never really felt like that. It maybe crossed my mind, but I never really felt like it was time where I couldn't go back there. Because the moment they realise you ain't coming back, then they're going to ask, why? Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? You're, you're a football guy. Why are you not? Do you know what I mean? So I was I was always in and out of, of like you say, Wembley, Stonebridge, St. Rast, wherever. But it was mainly it was mainly football for me. So, well, some of the morals that your brother, um, your mum, your household, your family taught you in just regards to just how to carry yourself when you get to a certain age where you start rolling by yourself. Like, what's some of the morals and stuff that you've kept you with you to this day? Um, honesty, mm. being honest. Um, I think slowly slowly it's creeped in now where I've completely like washed it out of me not honestly but like to not belittle people or to 
wherever it's because you're better at them at football and whatnot. And when I was younger, I used to... You was mad with I it. used to let people know you about themselves. I used to let people know about themselves, 110%. Uh-huh. And if you weren't good, or if you was on my team and you weren't good, or yeah, you weren't yeah, running... Yeah. And these times, I weren't, I weren't the running, though. You had to run even though I weren't running because I was probably the one that was going to get the goal. Yeah, yeah, Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That was my mindset. So I think just in terms of mannerism, how you, how you go about yourself and whether it's an adult or someone younger than you or someone your age, just still giving that basic level of respect for them. Um, what else can I say? Mum always told me, be 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 punctual. Mm. Always be on time. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always be on time. Or be a bit early than, than most because then you're showing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You may not be ready, but you're showing you're there from early, especially coaches. If you're, if you're a coach and... You tell a player, all right, nine o'clock meet, but you're there eight forty-five or eight mm. forty. You, you're showing your coach that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You mean mm. business, mm. or you're serious? I so. think the re- the reason why I asked that is because it was clear to me from I met you from early on. These times you was what seventeen, eighteen years old, and I could tell that you had the respect of your peers. Yeah. Um, and for me, that wasn't on the football pitch. I see the the game done, and people still just gravitating towards you and your character. Um, I know there's elements of when you're the good footballer, people naturally just gravitate towards mm, you and, yeah, and your yeah, opinion yeah. and all that stuff anyway. But one thing I've always respected about you is just your, your integrity, fam. Your integrity and how you carry yourself when you're on what you're on, regardless yeah, of what yeah, anybody yeah. else is on, um, which is something I've always admired. Um, so <clears throat> we, we've skipped past a, a good few years, um, but in your early 20s, you started to experience some injuries and then... Yeah. Um, so obviously you had a, a huge given a huge setback for you and your your aspirations of becoming pro. Um, what was what's your mindset in the midst of going through the injury um, injury phase? Uh, if I was honest, because at that time, that's when the coaching started. Okay, let's go. Let's go to before that. Then I don't okay. want to touch the. Okay, so the the injury the injuries with the injuries. So I got the injury in my knee, and. It wasn't as serious as I thought it was when I first got it. Mm. So obviously I went to hospital. They told me to ice it. A few weeks, you should be back. So How old was you when you got your first serious injury? I think that was the. F- I think that's the first one I've had. Like obviously, uh, me as a winger, you get nib like you yeah. get clamped and whatnot. You get nibbled. So I've been trampled on steps, but that for me was the the most serious injury I believe I've had. Um, Just for context, let them know how old you were at that time. I was, I was twenty, twenty-two. Yeah, I think I was twenty-two when it mm. happened, and the whole—not to put anyone to blame or not—but the whole process of, for for me, when I first got it, I thought like you, like I was saying, the icing it would be fine. Then I went to play again. No, that no contact. You would have thought someone clamped me or something, mm. but no, literally change of movement. Knees popped out again. So then I realized it was a bit more serious. And just the whole process. When I first, so when I first had the problem, it was end of February, end of February, start of March, and I didn't get surgery that that I didn't. So I got told from March till September, I think I didn't get told till September that I needed surgery. So between March and September, I was doing exactly what they asked me to do. So mm. it was icing, then. When it popped out again, it was, yeah, you need physio. So I'd done the physio. Then it popped out again. Did you have any issues um, at youth level with injury? 
did I have a knee? No, I wouldn't call them serious. Like for that, for that knee injury that I had, cancels out anything I happened before. Like I can't think of an injury that was as bad yeah. or as serious previously. I've yeah. had nibbles. I've been out for like a couple of weeks, weeks, but I can't think of I can't think of something that comes to my head as serious as the knee injury. Okay, okay. I'm trying to think of. I'm actually trying to think of injuries. I've I've never really been one. Even if if you even if I had an injury, you would never know. As yeah, a, yeah, as a manager or coach, I just that. wanted to play. Yeah, 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 Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that's sort of what happened with the knee one as well. When I well, obviously I got told that I had to wait a couple of weeks. I waited a couple of weeks, and then it popped out again. So my mindset was just completely gone from it. Yeah, yeah. So then, got the surgery. Got the surgery, January 2010, and then the pandemic kicked in. Mm. So everyone had to furlough and sort of stuff. 2020, you might say 2010. <laughs> 2020, look, look, I'm all thinking yeah. behind. Um, 2020, it kicked, 2020, I'd done the surgery. Mm. I was bed bound for like three weeks. Um, obviously, I had my missus helping me. I had my mum, mm-hmm. brother helping me. Mm-hmm. People come to check me and whatnot. And then people were getting, people were getting, um, told they had to work from home that's yeah, when the yeah, re- yeah. that's when the first pandemic kicked in so it's kind of like march april but these times i'm outside doing catch-up because yeah. now i'm behind do you know yeah. what i mean from march from march 2019 to like march 2020 also including the surgery from january but from them for that for a year I basically never played football mm-hmm. i wasn't playing football i know i know you was in a dark place at that time um but the I think the comforting thing is at times is knowing that you ain't the first one that's gone through something like yeah. that and you ain't going to be the last. It's how much ballers right now in their early to mid-20s that's getting through the exact same issues. What was your mindset um, during that period in time um, and how did you come out on the other side? Um, I'd say at times I, I doubted myself in terms of going back but I've I think the doubts were easily like easily taken away by just my self belief. Just going back and thinking about what I used to do to man and what I used to how I used to play and things like that. I've got clips on my phone of stuff that I used to do. Obviously just going back through it and I used to think like I ain't I ain't done. This is unfinished business, you know what I mean? This is just this is just a setback for me. Where did that confidence in you come from? Because you you've always known your own ability. Where did that come from? Um a lot of you struggle with self-esteem. You've never yeah, on the pitch anyway. Nah, I think a lot of it comes from my early years, just people believing in me. Mm. I think it's come from people believing in me. Like, my people, people used to go to my brother and tell my brother certain things, you know what I mean? Like, my brother always knew, but he would never tell me so much. You yeah. could get carried away. And I think I did get carried away, but it was more of me not working harder than I should have. It's yeah. like I felt like I had it already. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You're never finished. So I felt like I always knew I was good enough. So even if I was playing a year above or even like the injuries, yeah. coming back from injury, I always knew that I'd be back to be, I'd be back to being at my best, if not better. And I think... I want to talk I want to talk about that. Go off track a little bit and then go back on track. Your brother. Yeah. You've let me know from early that this is the guy. Like, this is... I'm here because of him. 100%. In... In what ways has your brother inspired you? And how would you say that that translates to how our older brother should be? Especially coming from where we come from. Yeah, so... From... I put it out there, from... from 
from the get go, he's replaced my dad. My dad divorced. Mm-hmm. My dad, and my mom got divorced from early. I was probably about four or five. Mm-hmm. So he automatically just—I don't even know if he'd done it on purpose, but he must have thought that. And I, I need to. So what's the age gap between you and your bro? We are eight years. It's eight similar, years apart. similar, similar, similar yeah, yeah, to yeah. me and my, me and my brother are, are nine years apart, and it became evident when I was about no, do you know what I'm not gonna say about from from the beginning that you automatically look up to your older brother. Yeah. I don't care who you are, where you come <laughs> from. If you've got an older brother, you can have your dad around, you can have uncles, whoever, but older brother is the one yeah, that yeah, you aspire yeah. to be. Like, what type of things did he did he inspire you in from that from the early years? Because obviously, like you're saying, replacing or being the dad figure. But what, how did that look in your eyes? He was he was in set rats. He was probably the best. Yeah. That do you know what I mean? Like everyone would oh like, oh Chucky's here. Oh, forget it. That <laughs> sort of thing. He brought that sort of. He brought that sort of energy onto yeah. the pitch where it's like, I look at him and I'm thinking like, that, that, that's my brother. Yeah. Like, you look, look at him like he's some superhero. Like, that's my brother. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think we used to, like, he used to just bring me, he used to bring me out. It just used to be us two. We used to be practicing down at the cage, down at mm. the bottom of refs. We used to just practice, play goal to goal. And then you'll say like, oh, you can only use two touch now. So we'd he'd have me using different parts of my body to control the ball and whatnot and slowly you're slowly teaching you about do you know what I mean so I think the way people saw him helped the way I saw him helped and him being like I'm saying him being good because if he was dead at ball I don't I don't know what it would be you know I don't know nobody wants to hold the brother that's (laughs) back at football (laughs) football nobody wants that nobody wants to hold the brother oh your brother's dead at ball can you imagine nah not my brother but everyone everyone knew everyone knew my brother for being for being sick at ball Mm. so I think what what life lessons would you say that you could say that I credit this to my brother um There's a, there's a lot. I'm there's trying to lot. pick out the mains. Mm. I'd say work ethic, mm. working hard. I think he he always taught me, but like I said, when everyone was telling me I was like, you're next, like you're, you're, you're going to be better than your brother or this, that, it kind of felt like I was already done. Okay. So people were obviously talking about me or talking, or talking to me and saying things that made me feel like I didn't need to work hard, but he always punched it into me like, Use your left foot, use it, but I was so so right footed, yeah, so yeah, right yeah, footed. Yeah, so yeah. I scored a goal on my right foot, even though I should have should have shot left. on my left. Sorry, and I would say like, nah, but I scored, and he'd be like, nah, but you should have shot with your left. Do you know what I mean? Like I used to say, but nah, I can't shoot my left. And he'd say, nah, like that ain't the attitude, that ain't the energy to have. Mm. You need to practice. You need to mm. practice. And we would go out on the field, Willows, Willows pitch. Yeah. Give, uh, not Gibbons talking to yeah, would go yeah. out and he'd have me pass with my left mm. he'd have me pass with my right pass with my right and then go switch it now left foot two touch left foot and as a, as we both got older and obviously he went off to uni I didn't really have that anymore mm. do you know what I mean so I was probably in my late teens and then you had all the little things social media yeah, girls yeah, 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 yeah. do you know what I mean so it kind of died down but when you obviously when I think about it now and think about it as I get older I always needed that what role does the older brother in general play in, in somebody's in a kid's life especially coming from our type of environment what role do you think an older brother should play and how should he go about it 
is it important to you? Do you think it's 100%, important? 100%. 100%. I think, for one, it's supporting your little brother. Just being supportive of what he does because not everyone wants to be a footballer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, being being supportive and, and being there to help regardless is one of the main things. It could be anything that your, your little brother or your little sibling wants to do but mm. having an older brother that's, you know what, yeah, you could do that or I'll, I'll buy equipment for you or something like that to get you going is for you and yourself it's like oh yeah like I can make this happen like I'm getting help from probably the closest person to me or yeah. one of the closest people to me so I think being supportive of whatever your your younger sibling wants to do or or feels like doing in a positive way anyways is 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 one of the key key elements okay for okay. older sibling alright so we're going into an area in your life where um you're just transitioning. You're trying to find out what next. Obviously, you've got your, your big injury and stuff, but at what age did you say coaching might be a thing? College. Yeah. So part of the college course was to get our level ones mm -hmm. as long as, as, as well as playing football and so on and so forth. So I think... Really, did you do the BTEC thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done the level three diploma thing. So, mm -hmm. um, like, even, I'm saying, even before that, I, even when I was saying to you, like, Trevor was the first, do you know what I mean? Cool coach. Mm -hmm. I call him, I call him mm -hmm. the cool coach. Like, yeah. he was, he was always, he was always that guy outside of football. Like, even I'd see him in Halsen after training and he'd be like, make sure, make sure you get your work done yeah, at school. Yeah, make sure yeah, you're yeah. going home. Make sure, do you know what I mean? Don't mm -hmm. lay around the street and whatnot. And I always took that in. And to come back to what you're saying about coaching, I think with Trevor, it was that was more as a person to evolve in terms of helping. I wouldn't say more coaching, mm. but I think for that it was helping. So you could take that into wanting to become a coach or whatnot, but I always wanted to help. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If on a football stage, so or a coaching stage, I think. When I got my level one, I thought, yeah, like I could, I could do coaching. And then I got an opportunity to coach at Powerly because my brother was doing coaching, but he couldn't commit to all the days. So my brother said to the manager at the time at Powerly, look, like my younger brother just got his level one and he could do with some ex experience with coaching. So that wasn't really a set team. It was just, a, it was like camp. Like kids would come in yeah, when yeah, they ain't yeah. got school and would run mini mm. games and whatnot. So slowly the confidence was just building a bit mm. from there. And then we were at, we were at, where was we? Jason Roberts mm -hmm. Foundation. Yeah. So we was there, so I, sorry, I was there. We played the, I think they had an under, under 21s or under 23s league, the mm -hmm. Hyde League, but yeah, it was yeah. under 21s, I believe. And slowly helping with Wilbert Wilbert was our coach mm -hmm. at the time so slowly helping with him it was I literally just small steps towards it but I didn't realise it was more of a coaching thing it was for me it was help yeah. it wasn't coach yeah. do you know what I mean so yeah. it was help for me and then got to speaking with Otis and then Otis put me on level 2 course mm -hmm. and for him I had to coach the under 14s and 16s mm -hmm of the high league but mm -hmm. for Jason Roberts mm -hmm. so it was me and Timmy mm -hmm. that was doing the coaching and then from there like I said I think that was like the first setup I was in I was actually like the coach not mm -hmm. helping yeah, like yeah, I was yeah, actually yeah. coaching yeah. now yeah. so it was like 
I'm looking at myself in these kids. You're 14, you're 16, you're in, you're in the same environment or similar environment to I was in when I was 14, 16. Mm. So loads of them are full of tricks. They're full of, do you know what I mean? They're the best shooter. They're the, they're the best. I got the outside of the boot. No one else has got the outside of the boot. I started coaching when I was about, when I was about 17. Mm. About 16, 17. Yeah, I was 16 as well. Yeah, um, and I, I will never ever forget the first time I taught you had to do the crow turn and seeing them pull it off and yeah. being mad gassed. That's probably <laughs> one of the first times I'm like, nah, like, you can get paid all the dough in the world to do this thing. Like, this, there's some things that I just don't, you, I, do, you just, you can't priceless. put a price on it. Priceless. You can't put a price on it. I'll never forget that youth's face when he, when he pulled off the growth turn. Um, what was what, what some of the moments that, that made you realise, you know what, I can, I can do this thing, you know? I think, when, so you see when you're doing, when you're doing a, a demo, to the kids yeah. and you're showing them and the kids are like, oh, what coach you got? Yeah, 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 you, yeah, got, yeah. you got a bit of tech. And obviously that, that's the 46 year olds. So they're not even far off of me, yeah. but you know, like it yeah. feels like your bridges yeah, in yeah, a way, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? So when I was doing it, when I was doing it and I think I was doing a shooting drill as well and I, I put the keeper on goal and was doing the drill and then come to the finish and I dinked him and they were going crazy. Yeah. And I thought, nah, like, that's instant can, influence. Yeah, that's it. That's instant, like instant influence. Because then they were like, "No, nah, coach, how'd you do that? How'd you do that?" Yeah. And it was like, "We'll get into that." Like, <laughs> I, I wanted, to, I wanted to say like, hey, we'll get, "I'm not going to teach you this straight away, but we'll get into it." So they, they got involved. Um, they got involved instantly. It was kind of like, "Yeah, like I've got a coach that, mm, that can do it," sort mm, of thing. Mm. So I can. That's what it was. So even when I, I was, think. So, sorry to cut you, bro. Sometimes people like. We overestimate just how much of a difference it makes when you're a coach and you're actually good at football. Yeah, yeah, fam. yeah, yeah 100%. We see a lot of coaches that can talk a good game, <laughs> it? but you got a belly in, you know, you're smoking a little like spliff off. Yeah, bro. I'd be like, what are like, you doing? Yeah, like, you, can you do this? You're telling me, you're telling and some of the things, it's not even the fact of you do it, but it's like they find it a problem, not every coach, but some coaches find it a problem when they can't orally tell you how to do something. That's right. So some That's kids, right. for me, sorry as well, for me, I was more of a visual learner. Yeah. Yeah. And if and if I couldn't understand you when you're saying it you'd to, have me, to show me, you'd have to show me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so certain coaches you couldn't show me, do you know what I mean? So they would feel a bit like, nah, he's not under he's yeah, misunderstanding yeah, yeah, and yeah, he doesn't yeah. get it. But some kids just don't learn or don't learn the best from that way. Mm. Or maybe you're showing them visually and they'd be like, no, 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 like how do you how do how are you saying it or in terms of like, what terms would you use yeah. when like turn out yeah, or yeah, yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah. back foot or yeah. whatnot do you know what I mean I could give you something on a board but when you go out on the pitch to do it I'm not giving you the instructions do you know what I mean so it's kind of like the drill won't work as well yeah. or the player won't work as yeah. well yeah. so I think like you're saying being a coach that's, that's able to adapt and whatnot mm. is important as well so how was your um how was your Jason Roberts experience? It's a, it's a shout out to Jason Roberts um, Foundation, man, because they do a lot for, for the local community, especially within Stonebridge. What was the experience like for you working under um, Jason Roberts Foundation? I learned, I learned a lot. I learned, I learned a lot. It was, it was a good environment to learn from, like just little things. Facility was important. Yeah, man. The facility, the facilities is good. The goals are there. Like for, to, to go back to me when I was of that age, there was hardly any 4Gs. Like that. For those of you who don't know, if anybody's <laughs> listening out here that's not from the area, we've got an estate called Stonebridge, which obviously a lot of people may know for the, the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, but years ago, years ago, <laughs> there was there, there's always been that 
that uh, AstroTurf in Stonebridge, but for the longest time, it was sand-based. I've got, if I stand up now and show you the scars, scars. that I've got on my leg, <laughs> on my legs from that Stonebridge pitch, and the day, the day, Football Foundation came in and resurfaced that pitch and oh made it 3G God. and then 4G, it Different. was ram every single Different. week. Different feelings. Different. So, so you're saying facilities. Um, yeah, so the facilities itself was important. The, the equipment that was there, like I said, shout out, shout out to Otis, the equipment. Yeah. Um, the importance, like the little things they would, Otis would have them inside and proper like speak to them. Like the importance of what's been put on for you lot to thrive sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? So the, the boys understood being there and what it meant to be there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think that, that in itself brought into training yeah. the intensity the sort of players that were coming, so Bredgens were bringing their Bredgens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Every week I'm seeing a new face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. He's good. He plays centre mid. Yeah, he plays yeah, centre yeah, mid. Yeah. So I think for me, just engaging and that, like, like I was saying, being able to join in and practice, mm. do things, and they're they're, lear- they're learning off me or they're asking me, why did you take that touch? Or I'm speaking to them and understanding them. It was such a good environment. Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm. Um. The kids that were there, there was no, there was no kids where it was like they were in. They felt like they were in the wrong place or the wrong estate or do you know what I mean? Everything was just was just good. So I think it just it went on into training. Just the things that we'd we'd put on, there was no, there was really no worries. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Over the years, I've seen a lot of coaches. I've come across many coaches who've got the world of qualifications, but you put them in a particular environment can't that thrive. we deemed as challenging. Mm. They can't thrive can't because. Thrive. The um the FA qualification coaches and uh, coaching qualifications they they don't teach you necessarily the practical element about how to deal with people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so you're currently on on the verge of just completing your level two, but that is no reflection on your football knowledge. Mm. How did you then upskill yourself outside of the the formal setting of of the FA course qualific- um, qualifications? How did you upskill yourself just with drills and ideas and how to implement certain things? Because you've obviously done that independently. Yeah. How did you how did you I go about that? I think with with me, I've I've always been when it's training, I've always been training like team base. So it's never really it's never really um, challenged me as an individual. Mm. Like I said, I'll, I'll get away with doing the wrong touch sometimes, or I'd get away with certain things. But to to develop a a a, a player on a person base and on the pitch as well was never really something that was I wouldn't say given to me, but it wasn't really something I come across. If that makes sense. So for me, when I'm when I'm coaching, it's about just little things, just engaging, talking, communication. Mm. Um, on a technical base, how could you improve? Or, or on a physical base, how could you improve? Like drills have to more or less implement a few of those things or sessions have to implement those things to help develop players. And you, I felt like... You, you was a visual learner. You are, sorry, you are a visual learner. More of a visual, more of a visual yeah. learner. Were you a strong academic in school? 6A to C strong. Oh, that's way more than I I know I could have done better. So yeah. I wouldn't say, for me, it wasn't really as, as good as it could have been. Right, right. If that makes sense. So is there any difference between studying to do um, an English lit exam and preparing for your coaching session in terms of how you prep? 
Not really. No. No, not really. What's some I of the keys? Like, what's some of the? What's part of your process? So. Some of the, so some of the similarities is kind of like knowing what you want in the end or mm. knowing what you're like getting your point across what you want them to learn from the end of the session so in the English shit you would want to put down your point and then expand on it or something do you know what I mean so say for instance coaching we're working on shooting why would you or we're working on shooting different types of finishing skills brilliant why would you use that there or why would you use that there do you know what I mean so it's kind of working it's from kinda the sim- it's yeah, kind of yeah, similar yeah. In, in a way do you know what I mean so in terms of just knowing what you want to put on in the session or what you want to put on in a drill what key focuses are we working on and how can that help you on the pitch yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. so yeah. I don't really think it was much different I feel like I've I've put more effort into doing say coaching than English lit because mm. I have more of a love for coaching than English lit, do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I really wanted to do English lit, it would probably be the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. where where coaching for me it's it's so beneficial when once the person I'm coaching understands where I'm coming from. Do you know what I mean? I get that joy from it. Mm. So you have to prepare and sort of let whoever you're coaching know why you're doing what they're doing. Because for them it's understanding. Yeah. You don't want to put in a session and all the boys are just running up there doing whatever but they're not gaining nothing mm-hmm. from the session yeah, it's yeah, more or less yeah. a waste of an hour or two yeah. do you get what I mean yeah, yeah. and you can't really develop that person or help develop that person if they don't understand why they're doing certain things and where they should be doing certain things so brilliant bro brilliant well then the main reasons why um, I wanted us to have this conversation is to touch on the topic of having a plan B so you still got your aspirations to make it and play at a certain level um, but you're you definitely haven't been ignorant or overlooked the fact that you might need to have a plan B in place. Yeah. And then you um, took that energy and that, that idea and founded Finishing Touch Coaching in 2018. 19. 2019, sorry. 2019, yeah. Why? Um, so for me, I'm going to talk on how it started, mm. but for me, it comes down to help. comes down to helping people. So, my years of playing, coaching, and watching other coaches do their thing, as an individual, I wasn't learning as much. I was learning more playing with my brother than learning okay. in a coaching aspect. And okay. that's no disrespect to any yeah, coach yeah, I've had yeah, in the yeah, past, yeah. but I may have been ahead or... Actually, no, not may have. I was probably ahead or one of the best in setups that I've been to. Mm-hmm or teams that I've been to but I was laid back because yeah. I knew it okay. you know when you when you know you're one of the best or mm-hmm. nothing's really challenging you mm-hmm. you don't challenge yourself mm-hmm. or that's for me anyways mm-hmm. at that age so when I had the knee injury obviously I've done all the coaching prior to the knee injury or whatnot. when I had the knee injury I had to still I felt like I still had to engage in football even though I'm not playing I still got to have some sort of part in football Mm -hmm. and obviously coaching was the next thing for me my brother however is a coach as well Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I'm getting inspiration off him again do you know what I mean so (laughs) he he was playing in terms of coaching I'm still playing obviously obviously coaching there was for me as well and I've obviously watched him coach he's he's giving me like he's a people's person as Mm -hmm. well so it's so 
when you're a coach and you you could you could be spoken to and, and kids engage with you and you're more than just a coach you're like a big friend mm-hmm. or you're like a big buddy to them it helps so much do you know what I mean so fast forward now to finish in touch I was currently injured at the time and one of my friends wanted help for his season to start so it was pre-season sort of thing so I thought you know what like I know I know some things let me help you like and this is what I was saying to him. I was saying to him, tell me what you need then help res- with. Then result. Tell me what you need yeah. so I could build or yeah. plan for your end goal. So mm-hmm. I was helping him and he was like, like, you know what, you should like, you should like keep this going sort of thing. Like put it out there, like whoever needs help. And I was saying like, nah, man, like I'm not, I'm not really on it. But these times it was kind of like, I weren't confident as much. Or where mm-hmm. I was confident with football, I, I never started confident with coaching, do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I was kind of like, nah, nah, like, not really. And he's like, nah, like, bro, like, trust me, like, just just plan some stuff in terms of, like, sessions and just hit people up, see if people need help or see if people need extra, extra, extra sessions. So, what's your brother's name? Huh? What's your brother's name? What's my brother? Yeah, Daryl. 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 Large up you. <laughs> you need a shout out for that one. Daryl, so, um, when we. So when I got down, when I got to going at home now, I thought, you know what, let me put some things together. So little draws, went on the internet, just saw, I even saw draws and tried to implement my way with it. I don't know every draw in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I ain't full up with draws in mm-hmm. here. So little draws, I was getting stuff, I was getting stuff, I was still coaching my friend and then I thought, you know what, cool, I'll put it out there. So putting it out there, went on Snapchat, went on Twitter and whatnot, let people know, like, if you need extra work, like, come see me. So, started picking up. I think I got to contact with about, or about first, I say, six, seven people got to contact with me. I say, you know what, run a group session. So, all seven of you lot turn up. Willows, Silkington. Oh, mm-hmm. my God, sorry. No, we'll get no. some work done. Yeah. So, this was what? This was what? June, May, June. Still got the video on my phone. Still got the video on my phone recorded it everything i brought the tripod i bought i brought bits little ladders hurdles mm. cones just the basic things i brought getting the session done and then just the feedback i was getting from it was like overwhelming i thought like surely i haven't done this good yeah, but yeah, they were yeah. saying like yo like this is good like i really worked like out of breath for me like if if you're not out of breath you're not working hard enough 100 percent. do you know what i mean if you're not blowing you're not working hard enough mm. that's me in it so so I started up the started up the coaching now. Got the went I went and done the um, logo. Mm-hmm. Went and got the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Went and done everything. So I would really put it out there, and I got put um, blessings because I got good people that was pushing it out there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it was getting pushed. It was getting pushed, and then just bit by bit, people were coming to me to do the coaching now. So it started off. It started off with that group session, and no, started off with the one to one with my friend got the group sessions I was putting out there if it's one-to-ones or group session come find me so gradually just built from that literally just I done one of my friends who was slowly coming back rehab so slowly coming back he put it out there I had obviously was a video of people after session getting their thoughts putting it out there to say yo like people are blowing like come see me sort of thing so yeah from there I thought if I could help and that's the thing with me when I coach for me, is what do you want out of it? Mm-hmm. Like I could put on a session for you, mm-hmm. but if it's not 
something you want to do or it's not going to benefit you, then there's no point putting it on. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, before I reach out or before we get the session, sorry, I say to them, what do you want to work on? Do you mm, know what I mean? Mm. Whether it's shooting, whether it's dribbling, passing, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I take into account what position they play as well. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I'm able to create a session for them, one with what they want working with, and then on top of that, it's relevant to you on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So if you're a centre-back, I'm not going to have you doing... I'm not going to have you doing shooting. Yeah. Um, we may get into it, but, but I'm not going to have you aspect. mainly yeah, doing yeah, shooting because yeah. you, you wouldn't mainly be a shooter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, slowly just started picking up. The page started picking up. Other coaches started getting in touch with me. Other players started getting in touch with me. And then, yeah, we are where we are now. What's, um, what's some of the lessons that you've learned building a brand? Uh, the reason why I say that is because what we all know right now, one-to-one coaching is a heavily saturated market, especially over the past six to 12 months because yeah. it's the only thing that we've been allowed to do during lockdown, but it's something that you've done prior to whole COVID stuff. Um, I know you've had your ups and downs and you're still learning, um, yeah. but what's some of the, the the lessons you've learned along the way so far, building a, a brand from scratch? Um, having like a like an ethos to the brand. Mm. So kind of like a, a, a clear message to working with me or what is your ethos? You get in what you put out. Okay. It's as simple as straight as that. Do you know what I mean? I tell everyone in their first session, I can't coach you to work hard. Yeah. If you're coming to see me, prepare for it. Do you know what I mean? Because you say you get in what you put out. You get in what you put out. I can't put on, I can't put in a session. You put in 50%, you're going to, that's not going to do nothing for you. Do you know what I mean? Or you get out what you put in. You get, <laughs> you get out what you no, you get out what you put in. Say, say, say. Oh my god, up my whole ethos. Everyone that knows, everyone that knows who coaches know what I mean, did it? I'm, I'm tongue twisted right now. You get out what you put in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. get out what you put in. There we go. Cool. Yeah. So, um, with branding, it's it's more of a reputation you've got. Yeah. So if you're passing on or if you're doing a session and whatever that person feels about the session, if he's then to go and promote it, mm-hmm. someone's going to go to him, oh, what, what's this mm-hmm. session like? From the get-go, he's got to be able to give out that good message. Mm-hmm. That good message comes from his first session with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So with the, with the, um, with all the little aspects in terms of just how I prepare and how I plan, that for me is just branding myself. Mm-hmm. Branding obviously finish in touch, but it's what I do within the session mm-hmm. that then allows the branding to go out mm-hmm. in a positive light. Do you know what I mean? Because people will promote it for promoting sake, but when you get to speaking, oh, TJ, what's this session like? Like, is it good? Because people are investing their time. They're investing money as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's got to be worth their while. So with branding, it's, it's literally whatever you're doing, you're doing it to the best of your ability Obviously, I'm still learning. I don't know every drill in the book. I'm not. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it's literally just put when you're putting it out there, you're letting people know, yo, this is this is serious business. This ain't just one to one because I'm bored. This is one to one because I'm teaching, I'm learning as well. But at the same time, you're coming to me and you're gonna learn from something. You're gonna learn from this. Do you know what I mean? You could take this. I've had many even with the page. I put the drills out there. Mm. The drills ain't hidden for me. Yeah, it's yeah. to help. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? I could easily put the, keep the jewels behind. Yeah. You don't need to see what yeah. I'm doing there. Yeah. Just know that people are working. Yeah. But I put jewels out there because even when I'm getting into contact with people that can't necessarily see me or can't afford to see me, mm-hmm. they're saying, yo, like, you see that drill that you put out on the ground? What you man used? That drill sick, you know? Wicked. You check my WhatsApp now. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. drill sick. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's about, with, with the content that you're putting out there, it's how, how serious it needs to be for people to respect it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's the main thing for me. I can't put on a session or, or coach people and it's not serious or... I'm turning up 15 minutes late or mm. do you know what I mean? Little things like that. You got to let people know you're serious and what you're doing is serious from the get-go. Differently, what's um, this journey taught you about you so far, the one-to-one coaching journey? What's it taught you about you? Um, What's it taught me about me? Patience. Mm-hmm. Patience. Not everyone will understand and will get the information you're trying to lead onto them from the get-go. Um... Yeah, patience probably been the, the, the biggest thing for me because mm-hmm. people turn up late as well. Do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> people yeah. turn up late yeah. as well. Um, ad- ad- adapting as well. So obviously, not everyone's going to be at a level where I think they're going to be at. Mm-hmm. So how do you change the drill, mm-hmm. adapt the drill to them to mm-hmm. help them and then you maybe be able to Im- implement what you wanted to implement from the get-go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So okay. Um, yeah, adapting, mm-hmm. patience, yeah, and just even just like the feedback as well from the from the sessions, mm-hmm. it's really like helped me and built it's built me to challenge or add to drills or challenge mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. to put on sessions that will challenge players even harder. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah. I, hear I think you. that's that. I hear you. That, yeah. Um. The term legacy, yeah, you're still mad young. Um, you've got a long, long way to go. It's only the start of your, your your journey and the story that you're telling about yourself. But how would you like your legacy to be shaped and what would you like people to say about you as an individual? Um, that's, a big, that's a big question, you know. <laughs> I haven't thought about that legacy-wise. I'd always want to be looked at as someone that helped supported that's a key word for you isn't it for me it's help yeah. Yeah, yeah for me it's help i think help support um wanting people to to strive to be their best is maybe something i'd want my my legacy to be based on mm. um yeah in a nutshell i okay. think that, yeah supporting and just Obviously, it comes under supporting as well, to yeah, help, yeah, trying yeah, to help yeah, people yeah. to thrive. But nah, I the, think, yeah, for the past help. for the past forty minutes, you've been speaking about help quite often. For, for me, your idea about what help is speaks for itself. So I, I fully understand. I respect that wholeheartedly, because in a generation of of just very selfish people and yeah. in it for themselves, you're a diamond in the dirt, bro. Honestly. Um, what does the future look like for you? Um, what does it look like for you individually in terms of your personal aspirations, but also what does the future of finishing touch look like for you? Um, for me, I've always wanted... So finishing... i start with the coaching first. For me, I've always wanted um, players to go on and do better mm-hmm. than they are when they see me, mm. if that makes sense. So to be better people, better players. But... On a coaching scale, 
I'd say if I really if I really could I'd want to get my own coaching team mm-hmm. um, and maybe have a a team that plays not necessarily academies but teams that you can learn from if that makes sense so semi-pro teams of their age mm-hmm. or semi-pro teams a year above or mm-hmm. two years above just to show them the difference of where they are mm-hmm. to where they want to be yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. and show them the little the little things that I've been saying to you when we're training what you're going to need because the players on that side where you want to be at they've got that in abundance you get mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. so maybe if it's a thing where I could get a team a group of a group of players aspiring players to go and play different academies or different teams just to learn of them mm. that that will be something that I would want to do in the future okay. coaching wise playing wise I'm not done playing yet mm-hmm. so as high as I could get realistically in the pyramid for for playing um, yeah that's me you got any aspirations outside of football um, outside of football, outside of football. That's how I know your tunnel vision, you know. Ooh, outside of football, um, I, I thought about well, it's inside football, but physio. Yeah. Yeah. Because of personal experiences. Yeah. yeah I thought about maybe being a being a physio, maybe an agent. Mm. That's still in football, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> still yeah, in football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of football, wow. Outside of football, outside of football, outside of football. Brother, you ain't got a force to say. It's just football for it's you. Football, it's, it's always football been that. It's football for me, bro. It's football for me. Nah. It's I always to... been that. If it's, if, it's something outside of, if it's something outside of football, it will tingle with football. Yeah, 110%. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it may be like clothing, but it'll be clothing for football. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, nah. Outside of football, Nah, I hear you. I hear you. Honest, I hear nah. you. I hear you. I fully <laughs> hear you. We've spoken briefly about, um, and the, the main topic for me here was just making sure you've got a secured plan B, but that doesn't have to be outside of your preferred industry. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. wanna, you had to had aspirations of being a footballer. Like, right, cool. Plan B is how can I still be in this industry but do something different? Yeah, yeah. And that's the main message I want people to understand is we've grown up with this idea that it's being a footballer or nothing. Or nothing, yeah, man. You don't realize that it's such a huge industry that you can still earn a good living, um, still have as much involvement in the actual game as you want it to be, yeah. but it's just in a different part of the, of, of the field. Um, and I'm so happy and glad to see you walk in that in that path and start to take it um, seriously, but make it your own. Um, before we sign off, do me a favor, just shout out your brother for me because he's the MVP of this conversation. <laughs> hey, shout out, shout out my brother Chucky, man. Large the up real, Chucky, bro. The real MVP behind behind myself. Um, nah, man, that's that's my guy. Love, be man. Love every time. Where can people find Finishing Touch, bro? Um, Instagram, two underscores, Finishing Touch together. Um, finishing Touch underscore at Outlook.com. If you want to book sessions, you can obviously book it through Instagram as well. Um, yeah, just the Instagram. Again, all that cheesy stuff. I'll make sure to put the links in the descriptions <laughs> below or above, wherever all that stuff. I hate doing that part. <laughs> I hate doing that part. But anyway, yeah. Um, King, appreciate you, fam. Aye. Appreciate you, man. Pleasure. Love every single time, time, fam. Um, Anytime. I'm telling you now, do not sleep on him, man. You'll, you'll be seeing him in some way, shape, or form in ways that you, even if you ain't got no mutual friends, don't sleep on him. You'll be seeing him at some point soon. Um, Again, ASU Wembley 
podcast episode five, I think. Yeah, episode five. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Listen, oh yeah, I wanna big up I wanna big up AFC Wembley on a serious level as well, man, because um the environment that I was in to play, I wanna big up all the coaches, all the players, because it is it is a serious it's a serious team for me that like I said, bro, the t shirts at my house it yeah, will hold yeah, 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 yeah. it will hold uh, a heavy part in my heart. Um but it, it was more it was it's more than just it's more than the team and it's mm. family, do you know what I mean? Mm, it's fa- it's family over there, the the coaches. I, I even remember Walmart. I remember yeah, all my yeah, coaches yeah, and yeah. the coaches I didn't have. Yeah. The MJ, yeah, Abdi, yeah. Raul, yeah. Michael, Gary, I remember like I remember all of them man, so yeah man, just keep as a as a as a team, as an organisation, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing your dad proud as well, bro. I'll no, I love honest. bro. Love bro. I'll be honest. Bro. Love, love bro, man. Yeah. And you hear it first, man. We want to make sure that we tell the stories of what we have within our community and friends of the club as well. But he's 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 come from us, man. So it's yeah. important that we get we get Rihanna people like Rihanna on here to make them share their progress and their story and how they grow. Um growing into to grown men now. So yeah, appreciate you King again. No worries. Um man. boom. Episode five, large up. See you guys next week.